This show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Hi, welcome to episode four of Let's Talk About Medical Weight with Dr. O. My name is Lola Ahamba. I'm a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. I'm very glad that you are able to join me today. Thank you so much. This show is for medical purposes only and should not be taken as a medical advice. If you need any specific medical advice, please consult with your physician for any specific medical advice. The show is for you if you are looking for alternative means to manage your health and well-being using the power of botanicals such as cannabinoid. It's also for you if you are healthcare professionals and you are looking for database, evidence-based information to counsel your patient on uh, cannabis and cannabinoid product, also for other botanical plants as well. And finally, it's for you if you are a young professional, always on the go, always using all kind of energy, but you are looking for natural way of uh, replenishing lost energy, this show is also for you. On today's show, we will be talking about cannabinoids. How do I take it? Basically, we'll be talking about route of administration for cannabis and the cannabinoid products. So we will be talking about inhale route. When you say inhale route, that basically means smoking the flowers or the vaping. We will also be talking about the oral mucosa route. When you talk about oral mucosa, you're basically talking about uh, sublingual, putting the product under your tongue to absorb straight into the bloodstream. So we will also be talking about the suppository uh, route. This is when we insert the product into our inner route. And finally, we will be talking about the topical route and the edible route of administration. And finally, at the end of the show, I will have a special fun fact about a cannabis that you absolutely do not want to meet. Thank you once again for joining me. So this show, I created this particular episode because I know that a lot of people are relatively new to the cannabis space. They have never used cannabis or cannabinoid product before. And there's so many choices out there now, especially with everybody selling CBD, THC products all over the place. So people are confused. They want to know which one will be good for me, how do I take it, how does it work. That is what today's episode is going to be addressing. The effect of cannabis or cannabinoid depends on the route of administration. Basically, that means the way you take it depends on how long it's going to work in your body, how fast it's going to work. Most cannabis users, they use uh, flowers as in, in the smoking route of administration. But that is changing fast because uh, other route of administration is being discovered and also faster route, better absorption, 
longer duration of fashion. Based on all these criteria, people are having choices to pick on other routes of administration. So apart from smoking, other ways that people also consume cannabis or cannabinoid product is through uh, vaping. That is vaping the concentrated cannabinoid product that is vape. Then they also ingest the edible in various forms, as in baking cookies and brownies. There's also the tincture, sprays, and the sublingual. This is what we call the through the oral mucosa. The oral mucosa use the tincture, the spray, or the sublingual form. We will be getting into the details about all that as the show uh, progress. So apart from the oral mucosa, people also are beginning to use the topical product like the transdermal patches, the creams, the salve, the roll-ons. Those are becoming popular and also the edible, as, like I said earlier, in form of cookies and brownies. The first route of administration that we will be looking into today is the smoking. In smoking, dried cannabis flour is burnt. And the burnt smoke is inhaled through the lung as in traditional cigarette. Like in traditional cigarette, the burnt, you light the cigarette up and you inhale the smoke. It goes into your lung and you begin to feel the effect. That is also similar in a cannabis smoking route. So when people smoke cannabis like traditional cigarette, there is the potential for the same kind of side effect that is noticed in cigarette smoking. It can also occur in uh, cannabis smoking. This kind of effect could be noticed in your lung and respiratory disorder like uh, irritation such as bronchitis can also be noticed in people that smoke uh, cannabis. But unlike uh, traditional cigarette, Cannabis has been shown to have a less harmful effect compared to cigarette smoking or alcohol and way less harmful compared to opioids or other uh, substances such as uh, oxycontin or fentanyl. So I guess the question people will have is that how does smoking actually work? What happens when people inhale that smoke? What's going on with that? Basically, what's going on is that when people inhale the smoke, it goes straight into the bloodstream. It doesn't pass through the liver or through the digestive system. It's quickly absorbed through the lining of the lung, which is the oral lining of the lung. It absorbs straight into the bloodstream without passing through the liver. The passage of food or substance through the liver is what we call a false pass metabolism. So in those situations where the uh, products pass straight into your bloodstream, those kind of situations, you will have a fastest action. You see, notice the effect of the product faster, but a lot of the times it doesn't last as long as when it passes through your liver or kidney and is broken down in those parts of the body. So in a situation where we have smoking as a route of administration, you have a faster onset of action but you do not have a longer duration. It does not last as long as other means of taking the product. 
The other p- uh, way that people take uh, cannabis or cannabinoid is through the uh, vaping route of administration. In vaping, like the smoke uh, route, it involves heating the concentrate. The concentrate is heated, the cannabis oil is heated, like in smoking. But unlike smoking, the product is not burnt, so you don't experience all the irritating side effect that is seen with uh, traditional smoking. In vaping, the product does not irritate you like in smoking where you inhale the, the smoke straight into your lung. The main difference between smoking and vaping that we can notice when it comes to cannabinoid is that in vaping, you are taking in just the active ingredient, the concentrate, the specific concentrate that is in that vape. But in smoking route of administration, because the whole product is burnt, you're not just taking in uh, just the uh, active ingredient. There's also the toppings, uh, the aromatic carbon. All this are uh, what gives the cannabis uh, its unique effect that we call. We talked about uh, entourage effect in our previous episode. The entourage effect basically means the cannabis and all the other cannabinoid toppings, aromatic oil, essential oil that is seen in the whole plant extract, they all work together to give the cannabis plant its uniqueness. So when people smoke cannabis in the traditional way compared to vaping, they are also getting the entourage effect that comes with the whole spectrum plant. For both the inhaled route of administration they have their good and their not so good side of it. In the case of uh, vaping, you don't experience the irritation that is associated with uh, smoking. But in the case of smoking, you experience the entourage effect because the whole plant is being involved in this process. So the concentrate that they use in the vaping uh, route of administration, it comes in different form. We have it in what they call dabs. We have charter. We have wax. We have a uh, butter. We have a uh, bow. That's B-H-O. That is uh, a bow. We have a uh, rosin. All this depends on the extraction process. Not just the extraction process, it's also dependent on the solvent that is used in the extraction process as well. Uh, cannabis and cannabinoids, they are not water soluble. So for, for people to be able to extract the active ingredient out of the whole plant, we need something that is going to be able to dissolve the active ingredient. Since cannabis and cannabinoids are not water-soluble, we need uh, products, compounds that will be able to extract the active ingredient. So depending on what is used in the extraction, the vaping, the compound from for the vape have different characteristics based on that. Concentrates are made from more of oil and toppings. Those are what concentrate is made up of. And one of the ways that is uh, extracted is using the aromatic solvent like ethanol, butanol, propanol. Those uh, aromatic solvents are able to extract the active ingredient from the, from the plant. 
So the purity of the concentrate depends on what our solvent is used in the extraction. It also depends on the method that is used. For like I said, aromatic solvents are used, but they have different chain. They have a longer chain. The longer the chain, the more dangerous it can be because sometimes the solvent is not totally removed from the concentrate. So some of these solvent are still left behind after the extraction process. And for those uh, longer chain uh, aromatic uh, solvent, they have been said to, some of them are said to be carcinogenic in nature. So if you're using a longer chain aromatic compound to extract concentrate and it's not everything is not removed from that concentrate, traces of it that is left has the potential to cause cancer or something like that. So we have to really be, the purity of the concentrate itself depends on what is used. The most common solvent that is used is the butane aromatic solvent. That one is the most common one. They also use ethanol. When you use the ethanol, because it has a shorter uh, chain, it might not extract as much as you want it to extract from the plant, but it tends to be a lot safer because it has a lower carbon chain compared to, say, like a butane that has four carbon chains. For ethanol has two carbon chains. For butane has a four carbon chain. So the longer the chain, the faster it is to extract the product. But at the same time, we also run the risk of leaving some of the solvent behind. And in so doing, it could lead to a potential carcinogenic product being left behind. So there has to be a balance between how much we are trying to extract from the plant and how we are safely doing it to avoid doing harms to the people that are using this product. So concentrates are very strong. Traditional extract, cannabis extract might contain, say, like 20% THC. But when you see some of the concentrates, they can have as high as 70 to 80% level of THC in them. So because of how strong concentrated these products are, sometimes they are used in chronic conditions such as opioid withdrawal or in management of chronic pain because of the level of THC that is found in them. When you look at concentrates and how the strength that is as uh, the strength of the THC that is in it, it might not be a good choice. It might not be a good choice for people that are new to cannabis or cannabinoid product. Basically, what I'm saying is that for cannabis or cannabinoid naive patient or clients, you might want to talk to them about the fact that since it's just like a regular opioid, like when you go to the pharmacy to get your medicine, the pharmacist look in your profile and see whether you have been using, say, fentanyl. If you bring in 100 microgram patch fentanyl to fill, the pharmacist will go in your profile and look in there to see whether you have taken any opioid before. That's their duty. That's what we do. We look in there, make sure you have taken product in the lower range 
before you can get the 100 milligram because that is very, very dangerous. You don't just go from zero to 100. The same process is happening here. So for cannabis naive individuals, it's probably better to start low and not just go from zero to say concentrate. Basically, my, I always tell my rule of thumb is to start slow, go slow. You cannot go wrong on that. Just start slow, go slow. So when we are considering the benefit of vaping, what we really don't need to put into consideration is the quality of the concentrate that is being vaped. The quality is very, very important. And when we are comparing smoking cannabis to vaping, what we need to put into consideration is the quality of what is being smoked or what is being consumed in form of a vape. The next route that we are going to be looking at is through the, what would I call, or oral mucosa. When we talk about oral mucosa, the product that uses this route of administrations are seen in tinctures, in spray, and in sublingual cannabinoid product. When you talk about oral mucosa, basically what is going on is that the product is dropped or spray under the tongue. When that is done, it absorbs straight into the blood system through the, the lining of the mouth. Under your tongue, it absorbs straight into the bloodstream. The oral mucosa route does not pass through the liver. So it doesn't go through the first pass metabolism process. So this route might be a better or an alternative for people that have a liver uh, disease or some kind of a form of a liver injury. These are products that do not go through your liver. So this might be an option for people in that space. But at the same time, we have to also put into consideration the fact that cannabis and cannabinoid product, they have addictive properties. So when you take some in the form of, say, you eat some and you take some in the form of tincture, they all add up in the body. And sometimes it takes a while for it to, to get out of the body. So we have to be very careful when we are taking these products and when we are choosing to know that it's not just take it like food and it's gone. It stays in the system for a while. So our next route of administration is the suppository form. In this form, basically the cannabinoid product is inserted through the honor area, just like some of our anti-constipation medication that we buy over the counter. Sometimes you insert it into your inner part of the body. What that does is that it's absorbed faster. Some of the suppository route of administration, it can start working as fast as 15 minutes. And this route also lasts longer. Sometimes it can last up to 12 hours. Another thing with the suppository route of administration is the fact that it does not pass through the liver as well. So it does not undergo the first pass metabolism. And also because it's not going through your, you're not eating it or swallowing anything, 
it might be an alternative for people that have some form of, say, GI gastrointestinal conditions such as like a GERD or what we call esophageal disorder or like peptic ulcer conditions like that or somebody that is throwing up nausea and vomiting when people have those conditions going on the suppository route might be an option for for them to consider the next route that we will be looking at is the topical route so the topical route is becoming popular when we say topical basically you apply the product they comes in cream in salves, in rollers, do apply those products on the upper part of your skin. This does not go through the first plus metabolism as well. It does not go through the liver. And in the case of the topical route, unlike the other suppository or the oral mucosa where it goes straight into your bloodstream, the topical route is only working on the upper surface of the skin what we call the upper dermis of the skin. So it doesn't go straight into your bloodstream. It doesn't go through the first pass metabolism. But like I said earlier, uh, you have to also consider the fact that cannabis and cannabinoid, they all have uh, addictive properties. So even though it's not going straight into the bloodstream, no matter how small it is, it can still add up in the body. So one needs to be very careful. And because it has an active in ingredient, it could have CBD, it could have THC in it. It's not just a cream that we can just slap on and, and keep it moving. It has uh, supplemental properties in there. So you don't just want to use grab and slap a whole bunch on your body and keep it moving. It has uh, additive properties. So when we are considering the topical route, we also want to consider the what we call the vehicle that the product is being carried. When we talk about vehicle, we're talking about what is the active ingredient being mixed in. Sometimes it's mixed as an ointment. It could be in gel form. It could be in cream. So these are what we call the vehicle. So all these uh, vehicles, they have different absorption rates. For example, cream, a lot of the cream, they are not, they don't absorb as fast as, say, ointment or a gel. Cannabinoids are not uh, water-soluble. So when you have a cannabinoid in form of ointment, it's going to get absorbed faster than when you have, say, a cream. Also, when we are considering topical product, there's what we have to consider also called uh, uh, inclusion. If the place is covered, the site of application, if it's covered, then there's tendency for it to absorb faster and more of the product cannot get absorbed than you intend because the heat that is regenerating from you covering that product is going to help to increase the absorption of the product into the body. So all these are what we need to put into consideration when we are using topical product. Topical products have been said to have the potential to alleviate joint pain such as arthritis, muscle pain, and skin conditions such as eczema, psoriasis, and some form of uh, skin cancer. So basically, 
it's uh, been said that the topical cream might have a potential to help uh, relieve some of these conditions such as joint pain like arthritis, muscle pain, and eczema, psoriasis, and some form of uh, skin cancer. This drug could be an alternative for people that do not want to use a traditional cannabinoid in form of uh, smoking, in form of vaping, and they would rather, and they don't really want anything being detected in their body. So, because it's, a lot of it is not absorbed into your bloodstream, you can still use it and have the effect. In fact, I would say that it's more of a localized effect. Say there's a specific part of the body that is hurting that you want to use it or specific situation going on. So that will be localized in that area. Cannabinoids and uh, cannabis have been said to have uh, anti-inflammatory properties, antibacterial. They help to modulate the immune system. All these potential properties are what is being said can be used in uh, conditions like skin bones and can also have the potential to help with uh, infection and bacterial infection for the skin. So because of these properties, cannabinoid products that are topical application have the potential to help alleviate conditions such as uh, skin bones and topical infection. Finally, we will be looking at edible form of route as a route of administration in the edible form. When we talk about edible route of administration, we are basically talking about consuming the product. Uh, cannabis is becoming popular with people in form of baking. They use it in baking cookies and uh, brownies, things like that is becoming really popular. I was watching a show recently where the uh, somebody went in to visit uh, one of the neighbors. And because of their relationship, she saw cookie on the shelf. It was not labeled. So she just grabbed like one, eat one because she was hungry. Then she grabbed another one. The next thing we know, she had already grabbed three cookies. Within 15 minutes, uh, this lady started having a weird reaction she has never experienced before. To cut a long story short, they had to rush her to the hospital, come to find out that the cookie she ate was a cannabis-infused cookie. So we have a situation going on here where this lady, she's a cannabis-naive somebody, she had never taken cannabis. She's not, she's naive, cannabis naive, uh, what we call people that are not used to the product. And then she's already hungry. She hasn't eaten all day. So she took this product on an empty stomach. And before we knew it, she will find herself in at the hospital. So we have to be very, very careful when we go to people's house, when we go to parties. We have to make sure we know what we are eating, what is in the product. The other thing when it comes to the edible is that the edible product works faster in an empty stomach. Most medication works faster in an empty stomach, but sometimes it causes irritation. That's why when pharmacists give you your medication some of them they will say take with a snack just to have something in your stomach 
So we really don't need to be careful when we go to people's house what we eat. So for the edible route of administration, it has a longer onset. When I say longer onset, what I'm saying is that it takes a while for it to start working in your body because when you eat that product, it goes through your system, it goes through the liver and it gets converted into the THC in the edible cannabinoid product. It's converted to a form of THC that lasts longer in your body. So it takes a while for it to start working. At the same time, it lasts longer because the THC is converted from one form to another. And the form that is converted to last longer in the body. So this route of administration is probably good for people that don't want immediate action. If you somebody is looking for a relief right now, they're probably going to look into the oral mucosa or the inhale or the vaping route of administration. But if it's something that is supposed to last longer, then the edible form might be an alternative for that kind of client. So because somebody is not feeling anything when you take an edible doesn't mean it's not working in the body. Sometimes it can take up to two hours for the effect of an edible to be felt. So what we need to do is wait, wait, and wait. Maybe take a, take a, a bite and wait to see what, how the effect will be in the body before taking another bite. It takes a long time for it to start working. The other thing with uh, the edible is that we don't want to miss it with products like alcohol or other substances uh, or other chemical substance. The THC and the alcohol or whatever other medication that is being taken can have an addictive effect. So the addictive effect can increase the side effect of THC, especially the psychoactive effect of THC. So when we have edible, you don't want to eat a cannabis-infused cookie and say, oh, give me a six pack out there that can increase the the psychoactive side effect of the THC. The other thing we need to put into consideration when we are considering edible product is we just have to lock it up in a maybe a cupboard or somewhere safe. Cannabis infused cookies, brownies should not be left in an open shelf. It should be locked up where anybody cannot just grab it. Because if you leave it on the shelf, unintentional harm can occur. Maybe somebody comes in, feel like, oh, it's just a regular cookie. Grab one like the situation that happens to the lady I was talking about earlier. Grab one, eat it. And the next thing we know, we find ourselves in the ER. So we absolutely need to label these things and lock it up in a safe place. Finally, it is absolutely essential for us to make sure cannabis-infused products, especially cookies and brownies, are stored in a child-proof uh, container or packaging and stored far away from children. Kids should not have access to cannabis-infused cookies, 
brownies. They don't know nothing. They will just grab anything and put in their mouth. So the adult has to be responsible and store this thing in their original container, store it in a child-proof case and label it and put it far away where children cannot reach. So that's our show today. Uh, But before we go, remember I said I have a little fun fact about cannabis, cannabinoids that I would like to share. So uh, this is uh, what I have, the myths and the facts about uh, cannabis and cannabinoid products. Part of why I started this show is to try to reduce the stigma that is around the cannabis plant and the cannabinoid by educating people about what this product actually is. There's a lot of false uh, narratives out there. It doesn't mean that cannabis does not have a side effect. There's no medication. There's no supplement that does not have their side effect. But there is a potential for this botanical plant to really help with some of the issues that people are having out there. So I started this show to try to educate people. Knowledge is power. So we were told that over time, cannabis permanently change brain cell and cause a permanent memory loss. This is false. This is what we call a myth because our scientists have shown that THC can promote growth of new brain cells using the process of neurogenesis. So basically, neurogenesis is a process whereby new brain cells are produced. And THC has been found to have the potential to regenerate new brain cells through the process of uh, neurogenesis. When increase in neurogenesis, what does that do? What it basically does is boost uh, the brain function. So it's not like the longer you go, THC or CBD or cannabis or cannabinoids is going to make you lose your memory. That is totally inaccurate. Rather, THC has the potential to help regenerate these cells and help improve brain function. That is what scientists have been able to discover from uh, experimental evidence. So we really do need to know. Knowledge is power. The more we know, the better we will be. Thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with me today. Our hope, our aim is to try to continue to improve this show. And uh, we do need your support to keep going. So please subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform that you use. It will help us to keep this show going. We don't need to know. Knowledge is power. So please subscribe to this show. And if you want to know more about cannabis, cannabinoid products, or you want to just have a question, concern, you can reach out to us on the web at wci-health.com. wci-health.com. And until next time, always remember health equals wealth. Your health is synonymous to your wealth. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. Until next time. 
Health equals wealth.